Howdy, folks, and welcome to the Hunting Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and we got another great one for you today. Today, we connect with Tom Kubinick of uh, Secure It Tactical. He's actually the CEO. Um, it was a whirlwind. All of a sudden, we got introduced, and all of a sudden, we were recording. But uh, Tom is a newer hunter like myself, and he still has some amazing stories. In fact, his first ever whitetail is a, is a pretty amazing story, and I don't think anyone will ever quite have the same experience. Uh, so that being said, guys, I don't want to steal too much of his thunder, but I want to thank Tom, of course, for coming on the podcast and, and taking some time. Obviously, he's a very busy guy. Um, but beyond that, uh, thank you listeners, of course, for tuning in. Make sure you share the podcast. Now, let's go ahead and kick this thing off and let Tom tell you some of his stories. All right, Tom, welcome to the Hunting Stories podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's, uh, I'm excited to be here. This is... Uh... This is fun because again, it's not, we're not talking about industry stuff. I talk about that all the time. Yeah, I bet, is- I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's kick this thing off right. And just let you introduce yourself. Who, who are the listeners going to hear some stories from today? Uh, Tom Kubinick, president and CEO of Secure It Tactical. Um, we're the firearms and uh, we're the global leader in military weapons storage, armory design services for the U.S. military. We do a few foreign fighting forces, and then we're now in the uh, consumer gun storage space with fast access safes. And, uh, you know, from a hunting standpoint, I am considered a newer hunter. You know, yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't get into hunting <laughs> until 2000, I'm going to say 2011. And okay. uh, I just, I grew up, I was a musician and uh, got into business and got into this whole security thing in 2002. I started designing weapon storage systems and... Uh, we, once we went into the retail space, started looking at retail, I said, you know what, I've got I've to really get involved with this at a higher level. I had some friends that were hunting, and they invited me out on a uh, pheasant hunt. And I just, I'm an outdoorsman. I love to be out. There. I just had a ball. So yeah. uh, I was completely hooked. So uh, That's awesome. That's a, that's that's a very, unique, uh, very unique yeah. approach to the, the hunting world, right? And not many people get into it the way that you do. No, it was a, um, I'd always thought about it. It was something I wanted to do, but the barrier to hunting, if you don't have friends, if your dad didn't hunt, if your uncle, if you don't have somebody to get you involved, it's it's not easy. And access to land, the whole thing. So I had friends that knew me, knew what I was doing, and they were avid waterfowl hunters, and they invited me into their world. And uh, you learn real quick that duck hunting is a young man's sport. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's, you know, I'm 60 years, I'm 61 now, you know, I was, I was younger then, but boy, you can get your butt kicked. It's yeah. small, it's cold. I'm in waders. There's a lot of, a lot of early morning work going on, getting everything out. But, uh, so story-wise, you know, my first time, first whitetail hunt, I'd been wanting to hunt deer, whitetail. We got a lot of them here. And Wait, where's here? If you don't mind me, I'm in central. I'm in central New York. Secure okay. is based out of Syracuse, New York. I live in a little town of Casanova, which is um, just the foothills of the Catskills. Beautiful, beautiful area. Heavily wooded. Lots of lot, you know, rolling hills into small mountains. Nice. Um, I've got a okay. very good friend. One of my best friends in high school has a uh, onion farm in Batavia, <laughs> New York, which is near Buffalo, Rochester. The flat, you know, the Great Lakes Basin, very flat land, but He's got a nice country house up on a hill with a lot of land and his farm. And he invited me out and said, Tom, why don't you come out? Let's go hunting. And he's an enthusiastic hunter, but he's not particularly experienced. And I'm going to come around and say is he's not a very good hunter. 
<laughs> but, but when you live on a farm, yeah, and you've got nuisance permits, and you've got that, you don't necessarily need to be that good. Yeah, he's got the it, opportunity. That's exactly. What he's so I, I'm excited. I get all all prepared to go out for the hunt, and uh, I drive there. It's a two and a half hour drive, and I'm pulling in this house. You know, opening it's opening day is Saturday morning. This is Friday evening at about six. Uh, 5 30 and it's just getting dusk you know the the uh it's still light up as it's starting to get dark and he's in a long winding driveway so i'm driving up his driveway and there's like six deer walking across the driveway right in front of me i'm going like oh i guess hunting's pretty easy <laughs> and, uh, we've all had that thought before it's, but go well, ahead go ahead i've never done it before You're right so i'm thinking yeah. well there's deer here that's a good sign so i get this house we made dinner and uh hung out for a little bit and Go to bed. The idea we're going to be up at you know I don't know what time it was four thirty five o'clock and get out and uh, again we're basically walking in his backyard okay. and he's got a mowed field of probably thirty acres surrounded by patches of woods and some steeper hills and there's a ton of deer in that area. They tend to congregate into those wooded areas and no no tree stands. We were just going to set up in the ground. Um, my buddy Paul he's he can't sit still for more than more than a half hour. He's pretty hyperactive. And uh, maybe that's why he's such a bad hunter, right? Yeah, he doesn't want to be in a stand. So we we get up in the morning, make some coffee, and uh, I've got my gear again. I'm not particularly experienced at this, and I've got a Remington 870. This was shotgun only at the time in this in this okay. area. Yeah, so okay. I've got are you shooting Rem- with like double lot buck slot shot no, or I was slugs? Shooting, or I was shooting Sabbath rounds with okay. a rifle barrel. I, I bought the barrel. Figured, you know what? Yeah, I'll tell you what's sighting in that rifle with those rounds that's that that's a that's a big hit and uh yeah but again it's a powerful round so got the gun we got the ammo i'm not loading everything till we get outside so we walk out his back door and this it's just starting to get a little bit of noticing a little bit of light we walk out and step down its grass mode area um, into like a farm field of switch grass but it's cut pretty short and I'm looking at, I see shadows kind of in the distance. I mean, 30 feet from me. And as we're kind of just sitting there, just talking quietly about what the plan is, I'm in the, it's getting a little brighter. There's two great big does standing 30 feet from me. Yeah. They're just looking at us. I'm, I'm looking at Paul. And he's got a ton of doe tags. And they're, you know, nowadays we take, you know, we take, we really want bigger than six point bucks on, on my property. I'm far more developed at that point. You just want to get a deer first one. Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. No tags. And they want to pull the does because they're trying from a nuisance standpoint, get the population on the farms down. Um, I'm like, holy shit. So, <laughs> like, so I pull out a round and Paul, and he's like, I pull out and I'm, I'm putting a round in, and there's no way to rack um, or cycle a Remington 870 quietly. I'm yeah. thinking, you know, so I'm just like, so I try, I should have just done it quite. I just went, Shh, and boom, they just bolted. I'm like, all right, well, Paul, let's go hunt. So we go, <laughs> we, we didn't, he didn't have a good plan because he's a bad hunter and bad hunters don't have good plans. So we walked out, we just did a couple, like a slow walk through some areas and we were bumping a lot of deer. And I'm like, Paul, let's just, let's find a spot. So we picked a spot. We hung out for a while, um, maybe half hour or so. And, uh, Nothing going on. We had another hunter, a neighbor came walking up to us and we talked a little bit and hunkered down. It was, and he was going to stay there. We moved to another another area of his property about a quarter mile away. And uh, 
it's sparse woods going into dense woods. So it was a real pretty, the sun was coming. It was, it was a really pretty area. I found a spot was flat. I said, Paul, you know, let's just hunker down right here. I've got, I had great lanes. Um, I wasn't a hunter, but I did a lot of shooting and did a lot of long range shooting. So I'm looking at like, okay, I've got 130 yards here of clear. I got here, I've got spots I could see if a deer walked by, I've got a very clear shot. So I just sat down the back against a tree. And uh, it was one of those, mat, you know, Paul was sitting behind me. Um, he was kind of on a tree too. Again, he has no patience whatsoever. Oh, then he wants me to get a deer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I'm sitting there very still, very quiet. I'm very good at I love just sitting, clearing your brain. You know, that, that time in a stand is so precious as you're watching the forest wake up. I agree. Uh, Start to hear the birds goes from silence yeah, to all the different, yeah. all the different. And this was my first time really doing it. So to me, it was all new. And I'm sitting there and it's uh, just kind of marveling at the, the quiet nature. Because if you haven't hunted, odds are you haven't sat completely still, completely silent and watched the forest wake up. So it's a new experience. And I had a couple of uh, like little red squirrels. Not that they're flying squirrels, but they were dancing around like like uh, Chippendale from uh, the cartoons. And they were just about on my shoes, just bouncing around, um, which is just fun to watch. And Yeah. Were they throwing acorns at you? That seems I, to be my experience. They always go up the trees, and then I just hear things dropping around dropping, me. Yeah. They're, they're like, get out of here. <laughs> the, uh, it, I, for me at the time, I'm just like, this is cool. I really hunt or not. I really don't. uh doesn't matter. It's 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 kind of neat seeing nature this way. And we're sitting there, and and Paul's getting restless. I know that he struggles. And then you hear that 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 you know, there's that cadence. At the time, I didn't realize what that was, but that cadence of deer walking. Yeah. And you can hear, and there's because there's, they're they're coming through brush, and I'm like like I looked at Paul, and I just I just kind of you know did that glance like Paul. I don't know. I, his hearing is not. Uh, is not the best. And that's a, that's a, that's a different story involving us and settling an oxygen and a lot a big explosion years ago, years prior. But, um, sort of sitting there and all of a sudden I've got a group of deer. I can see them in the brush that you see the shadows, you see the, you know, the, the shades, the, the colors, you can't make them out because of the, they're, they're blending and they start and they're coming towards us. I'm going, we're, we're in a good spot. I think I got, I don't know right from wrong here. Yeah. So we're, I mean, we're sitting there waiting and they're they're just moving and all of a sudden boom they turn and they come right broadside to us and it's it looks like I couldn't see for sure but it looked like it was four does it was a buck or three does or four does and yeah we got a ton of doe tags taking those so I'm sitting there kind of like this is cool this is gonna happen all right so I'm I'm, you know, I'm sitting my back against a tree so I put the shotgun up I've got a small red dot probably a four power on it you know, elbows on my knees, very stable position. And I, and I sight the gun. And now again, I, I do a lot of training with uh, tactical carving training, a lot of mm-hmm. all those things that you, you do outside of hunting. And they always say, you know, your target, what's beyond it is always a, when you're training for personal self-defense, know your target and what's beyond it is critical. So you don't make a shot. I mean, taking out a bad guy is great. If you got a lady and a baby behind him, you can't make the shot. And yep. And I know all that, but I, boom, got the scope, red dot, 
And boom, I'm sitting right. I'm, I'm just, you know, just behind his shoulder. Like, I'm going to get him right in the heart. I know exactly where I'm making my shot. And I'm sitting and he's just moving slowly. And there's trees and there's a spot where I know I'm taking the shot. And he moves right into it and just let it go. And boom. And I, I swear in the optic, it looked like I could see a puff of fur, of, of just fur feathers when, when the yeah. round hits. And uh, what's the distance roughly of this, this deer is from you? Under 100 yards, okay, 70, maybe 60, 70 yards. Okay. And uh, it's funny because it was starting to get lighter out, but the the where we were sitting was brighter, where the deer were because of the canopy behind them was still very shadowed and, and darker. And boom, let it, let it go. And uh, I'm like, I'm all excited. You know, first deer. Oh, yeah. And we, go, we, we get up and uh, Paul was marveled that I took the shot so quick. He's like, man, you took that quick. I said, I had the shot. I took it. And he's like, all right. So, so we walk up and there's nothing there. And we're like, oh no. And we're, well, that's that's. And you're like, you know, Paul. I swear, I saw what looked like a puff of fur. I'm not sure. You know, the gun is moving a lot. It's a it's a pretty good recoil on that. I said, is it possible I grazed the back of a deer? And we're not seeing anything. And we're you know we're in the spot where I shot the deer, or we believe. And we're sitting looking nothing. And I'm just like, and now I'm just like, I can't believe I'm, I'm a good shot from a fixed position. You know, with, I can, I go out to 1600 yards. I'm pretty solid. I'm like, there's, I knew the rifle was sighted in. I'm going, there's no way I, I I didn't, I didn't jerk it. And, and I go, Paul, hang on. So I walk, I stay here. I walk back to where I was sitting and look back at Paul. I said, I'm like, Paul, we're short. (laughs) You got to walk back 30 yards too close to us. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, we walk back over and boom, there's, there's a, a blood trail and there's a lot of it. And we're like, all right, so we got a deer. So right around the corner, boom, there's the deer and it's down. And I'll tell you those, those Sabbath rounds, if you could have picked that deer, if you could have looked through it, it's a half inch hole straight yeah. through this thing. And it yeah. was, it was a, uh, I, he, it looked like he took about six steps and when we pro- when I processed the deer, it was uh, right through the top of his heart. It was it was a good shot and shut him right down. Nice, beautiful. And it was a buck. It was it was not. It was a doe. Oh, okay, okay. But there was a buck involved. Uh oh. So the round went through the doe, and I took another deer behind him. Oh wow! The round went through, but here's what what happened. Yeah, it wasn't the second shot wasn't necessarily I would say a great shot, but I hit another deer. And that deer left, it was a bit of a blood trail. And we said, I'm, I'm like, holy shit. And I get know your target, what's beyond it. I completely defocus, I completely lost focus of the group and completely just had a you know, tunnel vision on, again, this is the first time I've ever shooting a deer. I want to yeah. make a perfect shot. The I first and that. second time you've ever well, shot a deer. I want to you know, be that like, oh yeah, Kubinik's a good guy. Yeah, man. He, he, he only takes good shot. I wanted to be you know, the cool guy who does it right. But yeah, it was amazing. So we picked up now at that point, Paul's brother, who's an avid hunter, a guy, he knows his stuff. He's now, he, we, they're on uh, phones. He came over and we're like, this thing's like, you got on the blood trail. We're starting, he's, he, we'll start talking. So we start following the trail and it went for a little ways, hit or miss on or off. And it was a little button buck. Okay. Get, how, did, how did you know that uh, you had the two down? Because you shot the one when you did find because the trail. We, because six the steps de- away. Yeah, six steps away. And then there was a continued blood trail. That was all of a sudden, because Matt, when his brother showed up, there's we're at the deer. I'm done. Cool. We're there. 
And Matt's, you know, he's surveying the area. He goes, Tom, there's more blood over here. I mean, he's like, are you, are you, that doesn't make sense. He goes, Paul, did you shoot? He goes, no, he goes, just you shot. So he's the one that kind of pieced together. He goes, gotcha. Okay. I think there's another, like, he goes, tell me what, you know, and I don't remember looking back at it. I don't recall the other deer in the scenario, but they were, as they walked up, they were all in a tight little group walking and it probably was a doe and a, uh, like a yearling. Is kind of what I'm thinking. And it. It's not a deer I would have ever taken a shot at. It was pretty small, but yeah. it's, it was pretty amazing that my first, my first shot, my first deer shot, resulted in two deer down. It's amazing. I've never heard of anyone doing anything like <laughs> it. <laughs> it was, well, you know, but the other side of this is, to me right now, whitetail hunting is really easy. You drive it Friday. There's deer running all over the backyard. You get up in the morning. There's deer sitting right there waiting for you to come out drinking your coffee. You walk out in the field. I, we were out for, for less than an hour, and you take two deer. Wow. So whitetail hunting is easy. And in the back of my mind, I got no other references. And then uh, the next three, next three, two years, three years, we were, I was skunked. For three years in a row, and <laughs> of course, it, and it was like, and that's it. And, that, and you start realizing, we had to go to Paul's house, my son was coming out with us, and you know, everything is right, except we never get a shot. And it's, and then the that's reality what of what hunting is, um, you know, that starts coming into play. And yeah, I was gonna say, I have a friend that, uh, whenever this comes up, he always says, That's why it's called hunting and not killing. That's right, right? It's, it's uh. It's called fishing. It's not called catching. It's just, yeah. it's the same thing. And uh, so, you know, the flash forward then three years ago, my wife and I bought a 500 acre, a hunting ranch um, secure. It's been doing very well. We've been growing, growing very quickly. And uh, so we found a piece of property. I was looking for a small piece of property. I wanted like a hundred acres and I was looking in a one hour, hour and a half circle from where I live. And, uh, there was this property for sale that had been for sale for a while. It was 500, just like 499 acres. And my wife said, well, honey, what about this one? It's right. It's, it's close. I mean, it's nine minutes from my house. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> and I'm looking at the price. I'm going, holy shit. I'm like, okay. I, I didn't want to spend this kind of money. We're going to need to finance this one. I said, I love it. And I looked at the property. It's absolutely gorgeous. And then she comes back and she's, uh, you know, honey, this is crazy. He, she goes, we don't need to spend this kind of money on just a bunch of land. And she, you know, that her, her, uh, practical wife kicked in. Yep. So I yep. said, oh, she honey. got caught away with just shopping and then realized, yeah, first off, she just, <laughs> convenience makes, Oh, honey, just get that one. It's right in the backyard. I said, you know what, honey, I understand what you're saying makes sense. Why don't you come out? Let's just go for a walk. I want you to see the land. So we came out, there's a, there's a fence gate that we, you come through the gate and there's a, there's a couple within the 500 acres. There's a lower, there's a field that a local farmer hays and an upper field that they hay. Each one is, one's 40 acres, the other's maybe 45 acres. And there's a road that connects them. And we start walking up the road. And it initially starts off pretty steep, heavily wooded into the first open field, cross that field into the next road, which is a spectacular forest you're walking by that was, it was logged many years ago and the trees are spread out. So you've got a lot of visibility, very pretty. And up to the upper field, you've got a, you know, a hundred mile view. I live on, it's called the Casanova Lake and it's 12 miles away. But from that vantage point, you're looking down the lake, 12 miles away. 
And then it drops off and Syracuse is a thousand feet below Cas Lake, another 25 miles. So, I mean, spectacular view. And then we walked back, got back in my truck and drove back home. That was on a Sunday, Monday morning, I'm in my office and she, uh, she woke up. I come in really early. I'm up usually at four or so. And uh, she sent me a text around 830 and she said, that's a walk I'll never forget. Let's talk about the land when you get home. And I was just like, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we uh, we moved quick and uh, it was good. They were about to break it up into small parcels because nobody, no, they just couldn't find a buyer for a piece of land that big. And uh, we were able to, to keep it. And we've got it set up as a CHC a conservation LLC. And we've got a lot of people have come to us about doing various things, but we're going to keep it as a, as a true preserve. I've got dairy, dairy farming on one side, you know, thousands of acres of state land next to me, the way it's That's set awesome. up, we, we really are, we're boxed in properly. And it is a very rugged, a lot of terrain, mostly densely wooded. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful property. We close, I walk up and this is another, you know, the, the good side of hunting. And it's not, it's, it's a hunting story, but it's not actually making a shot story. Um, so my son and I go up and we're right in escrow. I had permission. I got signed permission to hunt that year because the escrow, we were not going to close before deer season was over. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Well, and they were cool about it. So we go up there and it's, you know, it's, it's bow season is about to start. And uh, I got my truck and we drive up and come across um, uh, two guys up there and they're taking apart uh, tree stands and packing some stuff up. And, uh, the one guy I introduced myself. So Tom Kubik, I'm the new one. He goes, oh, you're the new owner. He goes, yeah, my name's Gary. Is uh, he goes, I've been uh, he goes, I've been managing the property for the owner. The owners were it was six attorneys that owned it for their families to use for hiking, and and they really weren't hunters, but they were all in their late 80s now. That's why they sold. That and, makes sense. Okay. So uh, Gary's like, I've been. I've been managing the property for almost 40 years. He's in it. He's my age. He's about 62, 63. So since he's in his late twenties or so, he's been managing the hunting. He goes, he, he was a former uh, Syracuse sheriff and all he allowed the police to come up and hunt. And he kind of managed it. He had probably 30 tree stands up. He was almost all of it was bow hunting. And I'm talking to him and he's, you know, you can see in his eyes and he's just, he's taken down all these stands and he's been doing this for 40 years. And I was buying the land and he was packing his stuff up. And uh, I said, I tell you what, uh, Gary, you know this land like the back of your hand, don't you? He goes, I've been doing this a long time. I said, tell you what, keep doing it. I said, I don't know this land at all. So I own it. But would you be my partner? Teach me what you know. Help me help me develop the property. And you and I can work together to make this the best hunting property anywhere around he was about in tears he was so happy he i was, was gonna say was he crying and give you a big bear hug because you just made me want to give you a bear hug he, Tom. He just, <laughs> that's, that's amazing one of those opportunities though is in yeah anybody will tell you if you're buying land talk to the people that have worked it because every piece of property is unique every has nuances and so yeah so he and i now have been uh the last two and a half years have just been working together and uh it's a great friendship and uh Building a property that big is, it's a daunting task. And I oh, figured, sure. you know, we're going to get this thing set up. I'm going to come in with a, with a trail and one of those big forestry heads on a, on a skid steer, just blast out roads. Oh, well, you know, the reality of life is 
you know, I got three redneck blinds. I got one I didn't put up yet. I've had it for, it's in a box for over a year. I've got, a, I've got two more um, fixed blinds that I haven't, they're still in boxes because the reality is, um, yeah, you run, I mean, I spent a lot of time up there, but I do more fun stuff than I do work stuff maybe. Yeah, no, but, that makes sense. I've actually been looking at land recently. My wife and I own property in Texas and Colorado right now, but can't hunt either one of them. Oh really? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, just just not. They're they're homes on you know an acre or something like that. So okay. nothing nothing too crazy. Lots of deer in our our Texas property. Um, like I, I could walk out the door right now and probably see ten deer, because uh, no one's hunting them here. Right. So they just they're just they're, they're everywhere. Um, but we're looking into maybe selling one of our properties, and if we did that, I was very likely going to be purchasing maybe fifty to hundred acres out here in Texas because. Okay. Why not? Right. Enjoy. Well, the Texas hunting is, I've heard it's, it can be epic. It's very good. Yeah. Hunt. yeah um, and uh, my grandpa hunting? always said, uh, I'm in New Braunfels, which is in between San Antonio and Austin. If you're familiar, um, I'm looking a little bit more West because I want to make sure I do get a couple exotics. Cause I'm not a whitetail hunter. Never have claimed to be. I've been whitetail hunting once. You can see him over my shoulder right there. there you go. Um, I, I want to get more involved in it, but like Audad intrigued me. Um, I've been axis deer hunting a couple times. They're, they're beautiful animals. Like I want to get involved with that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, like my grandpa always said, you, uh, they don't, they're not making more dirt. So you, you got to buy land when you can. So I see an opportunity and ho who knows, maybe here in the future, I'll, uh, I'll have a little a spot of my own <laughs> and I'll reach out to you about some management questions. Well, we, uh, my wife and I are both, uh, of the mindset real estate is real. Like you, I, I can't imagine buying a cryptocurrency. You're buying something that doesn't even exist. And I'm just like, and the other side of, you know, if you're buying something for retirement or for investment, you know, you can buy stocks and bonds, but you can't go play with them. Yeah. You know, you investing in real estate. Okay, you might not get this crazy return every year, but what's the value of you know? In the summer, I'm up every morning at four. I'm on a tractor or I'm on a skid steer, and I'm working land every, almost every morning. You can't. That's that's, that's so much more value in that yeah. than any sense of of money. But the thing that I've really come with hunting, and I didn't realize the kind of how it is. I've got a lot of friends that don't appreciate this because I've got these redneck blinds. I'll just, the backstory, this one a little bit, a friend of mine, enthusiastic guy calls him, Tom, Tom, I got a deal. We're getting a truckload of redneck blinds. He goes, you, you, you gotta, you gotta have these blinds. You gotta, he's seen my property. He, and he's got, he has two, he has a hundred acre property and a 500 acre property. Avid, his whole brother, his family, they're a hundred years, but he's just this guy. Like, you gotta have these things. I go, Mind if I ask a redneck blind? Can you can you describe that to me? A redneck real quick? blind. It is a it's a fiberglass enclosed structure okay. with windows on all sides that open. Extreme high quality, extremely well made. We call them the condos. Gotcha. Is redneck the brand? Yeah, redneck is a brand. Is the brand? Got it. Got it. Okay, that makes way more sense. I was thinking you had like a blue tarp with some no no no. This is something, uh, like something this real, is real backcountry. To put it in perspective, he says, Tom, you got to take three. I said, I said, I said, he goes, we're not paying freight. I got a whole truck. I said, all right, put me down for three. And we're talking, how much are they? He goes, three of them. That's going to run. It's just under 10 grand for three. I'm going like, whoa. <laughs> Doesn't sound very redneck. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're, they're, they're 3,000 bucks a piece. And this is getting a deal for him. And he's like, top, top, top. 
you got to have a neck blind. I'm like, all right, you know what, dude? <laughs> all right, things are going well. I said, let's get the blinds. But um, and he's talking to me about. I we build. We got two of the blinds built, and they're on metal frames. They're you know ten to twelve feet in the air. Okay. Stairs going up. You set up in one of that. We've got swiveling chairs that are, are silent. I've got shooting out all the windows. I don't like shooting a bow out of it because in the heat of battle, I can't, if a limb hit the side of the blind when you're shooting, you'd hurt yourself. So I don't, I mean, the guys bow hunt out of them all the time. I don't. Okay. But for me, again, if it's rainy, 31 degrees or nasty, I get it. But I get in the blind, I'm sitting up there and he's like, Tom, it's great. I get up in the blind. I like, he goes, I got my laptop. I got set up. I got Wi-Fi. I got, I got a little portable heater. He goes, I'm getting so much work done. And he's, he's a financial planner. He's talking about stuff. And I'm just kind of like, you don't, I didn't say this, but I'm like, you don't, you don't get this. And so this past hunting season, you know, bow season this last year, it, you know, I was out 25 days bow hunting. I never had a shot. Wow. People are like, wow, that's too bad. I said, you know what? It was still, I had a great season because I've got a lot of stands in this property that are just open tree stands. And again, if it's raining in 31 degrees, 32 degrees, yeah, the, the redneck is a, is a tough, is, is pretty easy. Yeah. But you're so insulated. And for me, I like to get a, get in a stand, you know, before the sun's up, quiet. And I don't bring my cell phone with me anymore. I used to. And I leave, I bring it, it's in, my, it's in a tracker. I've got it in my vehicle. And I leave it there. My wife doesn't like it, but I said, you know, I wear a harness. I'm always very safe about it. But I've got some stands that are really high, swiveling chairs. They're nice stands. And you get up in there quiet and just sit. Yeah. That experience of watching the forest wake up, especially from a high vantage point. At first, you hear the the early birds. Then you, that, that's the 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 voices are changing as the sun is. Then you start seeing the mice. And on my property, every about thirty feet is a mouse. That's their that's their sphere, and you can see the different <laughs> ones moving. And then I'll see that then the the uh, squirrels start playing. If we get flying squirrels, they get really entertaining to watch. And you're just slowly watching that forest wake up. And uh, whether I get a shot or not, starting your day off. I, when, again, when I'm, I'm in uh, bow season, I was in the stand at, you know, 4.30-ish, 5. And I'd only be there till about 9.30 and i come to work. Basically, yeah. again, if you're there all day, you've probably got much better opportunity. But for me, just going from that dark to light transition. If I get a shot, I had a, I shot some great video this year of two four point bucks right underneath me sparring. And uh, oh, that's just, super cool. Yeah. They just slowly <laughs> walked away from me and they weren't fighting hard. They were just, you could tell they were just, you know, it was like the, that um, Rudolph the red nosed reindeer TV yeah. show for the young, you know, the young kids. And they were just lightly trying to figure it out. Yeah. And I, I was out another morning and it was starting to get light out. You, you know, you, those first times the sun's coming up and you're looking, you're looking and you think you see, is that a deer? Is that like the biggest deer I've ever seen? Is it, no, it's a tree trunk. And <laughs> I just tricks on you. Well, all of a sudden yeah. I just hear this just commotion in the woods. And it sounds like, you know, two linebackers just running through the woods. I'm going, holy shit, what is it? I'm thinking, is this a bear? You know what? And it's a buck. I can't see the buck, but I can hear it's got to be a buck and a couple of does and they're playing chase. And the doe moved pretty gracefully through woods. This yeah. buck was, was 
he was taking stuff out. I never saw, now there was a smaller four point buck that I could see. He came up beside my stand, you know, hundred yards, maybe 50 yards off. He was sitting there watching, you know, looking kind of, I don't know if he could see something I could, I never saw the buck. It was a coolest. It went on for about 45 minutes. I was waiting for them to come into view. And I had a, the stands got great shooting spots. It's a, it's a, this is a bow stand. It's too short for a rifle stand. Um, never, never saw him, but it was such a neat, it's such a neat experience to realize, yeah. you know, the violence, which with a buck will tear up. Cause it was really dense brush. He didn't care. And yeah. you, 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 I always see them like if I'm still hunting, I see deer walking. They got this way of moving through stuff. I don't know how they do it without disturbing anything. And yeah. uh, it's I wish cool I could be out there and see all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I have a similar experience. So I did mostly Western big game because I started hunting in like Washington and Colorado. Mm-hmm. And um, in our Colorado spot, there's a, a glassing point not far, far from our camp. You see about a mile. And the nearest hillside is this super steep hillside. The first day we went there, there was covered in elk. And that's why we started to hunt there. This particular day, we're sitting there and the sun comes up and everything's starting to get that light on it. And all of a sudden we see just like a whole family of mule deer. So there's like three like younger mule deer, a really nice buck, a couple does. And they are on this hillside. And, you know, you or I could not stand on this hillside. It's that steep. But they're playing on it. They're just jumping around, running around. So we sit there for 45 minutes and just watch this family of deer just like, just have the time of their lives on a surface that is like not even an option for us to walk on. We didn't have tags for mule deer. So it was, it was fun to watch, but it's just, it's, it's great to be out there. You know, when, when the sun comes out, when the world changes and all the animals are just out there having fun. So. Well, that's my, my wife has no interest in hunting. Um, she's a, uh... She'll shoot clays, but she just has, she's, I'm not, honey, I'm not, don't, I, I, I don't, I don't want to hunt. She goes, go get, you know, fill the freezer up. I get that. I want all the kids to know how to survive in this world without a grocery store. She's a big believer in making sure everybody has those skill sets. She doesn't want to do it. But yeah. I tell her my experiences. She says, all right, honey, this summer, because she was, I got to come out with you. I just put me in a stand. I just want to, I want to hear the forest wake up. Yeah. I can't bring a cell phone. I said, she's not a morning person. I said, you're going to do it in the summer. <laughs> you're in the summer. We're going to be out there 4 a.m. And uh, so we'll do that. I've got a lot of travel coming up, but I'll get her out there. Yeah. And, that uh, sounds a lot like my wife, Tom. She uh, She's the exact same. She's like, I love it. I love that you hunt. I want you to make our children hunt. She wants nothing to do with it. Wants me to fill the freezer. But like, she has a just a, an issue with death. She doesn't want to be around it. Doesn't want to okay. see it. Um, and I, and I respect that, but, uh, I should, I should talk to her more about, you know, the world waking up each morning and see if she'd come out to the blind with me because it is, it is pretty special, but I think our, I think our wives would get along. Well, I, you know, the, the, now I'm a, the sexist, awful, humorous side of me, and I'm not sexy, but just the humorous side is all squared away and everything's like, okay, honey, force, I got to pee. <laughs> I think uh, Jeff Fox really did a, does a, does a comedy, but I would put her in a stand by herself and cause just having a distraction. Again, I don't want to be in a tree stand with somebody. I don't want to, I mean, kids. Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll go side by yeah. side with a little kid and just say, you know, make good decisions. I'm here just as a guide uh, this next year, I'm going to spend some time to, um, I'm going to set up some stands 
with photography capabilities I can self-control. I don't ever want to have a camera crew with me on a hunt unless it's a you know filmed, I'm going to call that hand scripted hunt. But yeah. uh, I would like to see if I can create some content and get some good content of some of the things I see, some of the things that mar- I just marvel at, um, some of the shots you don't take, some of the, you know, early hunters, you want to shoot everything you see. That's true. You, you want to, but once, you know, that first time. Once you've put down two beer or two deer with one shot, exactly. you know, then you can take well, the time. And, right. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's always funny though, because like early bow season, I'm taking a monster buck. Last day of bow season, if his brown is down, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yep. It's uh but yeah, I was skunked, skunked this year. And this is my first year back with a bow. I shoulder injuries. I've not been able to draw a bow for five years. And I just got ultra aggressive with weight workout and switched to pure carnivore diet. And uh I'm back to got my shoulders back, which yeah. is a- I, uh, I tore my rotator cuff years ago, so I know the I know the pain. It's not fun, um, no. But you, you get through it. Um, God, I had a question, but I'm drawing a blank on it. When did you When did you pick up a bow? So you started with your shotgun, 2012. Did. When yeah, did you pick up a bow? I, my kids wanted to get into. My daughter wanted to get into archery, and then the boys did. So we picked up. Um, I was working with uh, Walt Larson at Scales Advertising. And when we first started going into retail, this is 2012, this is 2011. And uh, he was Matthews. He was one of the guys that helped build Matthews advertise. So he had ends there. So I picked up a couple of their mission bows and uh, we started going to, I was a member of a rifle range and they had a Sunday morning bow league, family league. It was a kid shot, then the adults would shoot. And uh, we all did that for two years, every Sunday in the winter. And they shoot. And then after we all shot, it's about 11 o'clock, they would have a stew competition for all the hunters that had game it. So everybody would bring in. So, yeah, at that point, I'm not really a hunter yet. I've done waterfowl, never been out. So I didn't have any game, to, but nobody cared. They just said, you go around, there's like eight different stews and they always bring in these huge pots. Yeah. And we'd all <laughs> basically just chow down on uh, on everybody's best stew they could make. And uh, That's amazing. But, it was great. It was great Sundays. Um, and that was, you know, we did that for several years. And then uh, my first time bow hunt, I did my bow hunter safety course three years ago. But I, I, it was about five years ago. I was, I lost the ability. I could not draw my bow anymore. And my shoulders were getting so bad. And I had shoulders, elbows, wrists. I had a lot of inflammation issues, um, turned into a lot of health issues getting fairly significant. And my doctors got me on more and more, you know, tests. I've had a bunch of biopsies. I've had, you know, MRIs, computer, computer, you know, MRI, then a computer guided device doing, you know, targeting cancer cells or trying, they can't figure out what's wrong with me because my liver's failing, my PSA is through the roof. I've got inflammation, joint pain, every, I just, huh. all this crap's going on. And uh, high, my blood pressure spiked way up and they they keep looking at all these different medications are putting me on and uh, which I'm not, I don't like doing any of that. So I started doing my own research and I, I went pure carnivore July 20th of last year. Was it year or two years ago? And uh, mm-hmm. my wife freaked out all, red meat and water, nothing else. Yeah. And uh, within, within a week, 10 days, I started feeling better. Uh, 90 days in, I had my blood work done. 
and I had a check, my annual checkup. And he was a, my doctor was a health guy. He's a runner. He was floored. Guy, because he's like, I said, how's it look? He goes, looks really good. I go, what do the liver enzymes look like? He goes, they're dead nuts. I go, all right, what's that PSA? He goes, PSA is, now PSA of four is really high. Mine was six down from 13. So it's trending down. I'm going through all the numbers. He goes, I go, and I'm saying, I, I said, I'm off of everything except there's a blood pressure medicine I was still taking. He's like, I said, I'm pure carnivore. He, he looks at me, I feel, I says, all I'm eating is red meat and water. And he's like, well, he goes, Tom, he goes, you want to incorporate some vegetables? And I said, why? They were killing me. And I, and he's just <laughs> looking at me. I go, let me ask you a question, doc. And we've got a good relationship. I said, how many guys do you know do you treat who are 61 years old that have blood work as good as that is right there? I took a chance. It's throughout. And he, he said, good point. So it was a, that was a game changer for me. And, uh, and I, I, I went into an aggressive workout routine and got my shoulders back. I can, I still strive. If I, if I don't stay diligent with um, specific workouts, it gets problematic. The challenge for me is I'm not at a point where I can shoot a bow enough to take the shots that the bow is capable of. I got a brand new Matthews. It was the VX, the new, it's, uh, it's up on the wall right here. Um, yeah, the VX4 or whatever, yeah. where it's got the, yeah. the extra limbs. It's, it was an incredible bow. And it's, and it's capable of making pretty long shots, but I don't practice enough. So I've pretty much 30 yards. Yeah. 30, 40 yards. That's about it for me. If, if I can get, again, I'm feeling pretty good right now. And I have not been shooting my bow, but I, I've been doing aggressive on weights. I've got an indoor range here at my warehouse. So I'm going to start shooting again. If I can get where I can start shooting, you know, practice for 15 minutes a day, every day. You know, I'm a former guitar player. I was a professional musician. And I tell everybody who says, how do you, you know, is it hard to play guitar? No, it's really easy. Practice for five minutes a day, every day, and never miss a day. And you will become a guitar player. All you yeah. need is five minutes, but never miss a day because you're building muscle memory. Everything that's a day, you reset back a week. Same thing with the bow. If you shoot a bow for 10, 15 minutes every day for 30, 40, 50 days, you're building that muscle memory of all those trigger points, all those, those um, set points, everything, the mechanics. And once the mechanics are, are second nature, now you can focus on just a couple of things. Absolutely. Breathing. And even if you can't get five minutes in, just shoot an arrow a day just make sure you do it every day and yep. um, it's it's, it's, it's like practice you can do if you're going to hunt with a bow you're going to point you know these yep. razor sharp sticks at an animal the least you can do is be yep. lethal with it no i i was hunting with a crossbow um previous year you know okay. and i didn't have a shot with it but you can make a shot with a crossbow i mean i'm a rifle yeah. shooter so for me it's uh the critical thing with the crossbow is having your uh, is having a rangefinder and I did, I took a shot at a doe. It was late bow season with my crossbow. I fired right over his back. I'm just like, holy cow. I said, I'm going, I get him. I'm going, I didn't jerk the shot. I was relaxed. My heart rate was not, I don't get like all jacked up at a shot. I, I do yeah. a lot of long range shooting. I'm pretty good at just staying calm and in that moment. And uh, tried to find the arrow. I couldn't find it, but I went out there and I went, got my range finder and I thought the deer was 35, 40 yards. Shot my rangefinder is 19 yards. <laughs> but in, in, in the lighting and the trees and all the stuff, again, I hadn't pre-shot those distances. I just went up to hunt. And it was a good, it was one of my first times hunting. I learned valuable lessons about 
I talked to Gary, you know, the guy runs the like, he's like, Tom, what I do is, is I've got these little, little tiny, little yellow ribbons. He just ties ribbons on bushes of his known distances. So he, he said, look, that's, I, he, he goes, as we get older, our eyes get bad. Give yourself the distances. And, uh, that's smart. That's a good lesson. Learn. Again, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm my own worst enemy. <laughs> we all are. We all are. It's, we're all just learning this, this hunting game. Even the people who've done it their entire lives still make mistakes. So we got to give credit to us, uh, new guys that are just, making the mistakes ourselves, making all of the mistakes ourselves, not just some new ones. Uh, But Tom, I know I only had you for a limited amount of time. I'm not going to turn you away if you want to keep telling stories, but we are running out of time here. The only thing I'm going to tell quick, quick, quick is if people haven't been out pheasant hunting, I encourage everybody to find a way to do it. And that's my, my first foray into hunting was pheasant hunting and uh, getting out in switch high switch grass when there's still frost at the top of the grass and the sun's coming up and you got great guide dogs, the lighting is, it's like being in a Disney movie. Yeah, um, I've never done it. That's actually on a high on my list is to, uh, to go pheasant hunting. So. It is uh, some of the most spectacular hunting I've done is in, in uh, Vermont in the mountains with great, great, we're on a preserve. It's a guided hunt and just, just spectacular. And the, that's awesome. Every aspect of it is, uh, is so much fun. I get great photographs of it. Well, thank you very much. It was great to get on and uh, yeah. it was great to have you on. I, I guarantee I can almost guarantee I'll never hear somebody shooting two deer at one time again. So that was a very unique story, especially the first time they ever went hunting yeah. for deer. So that's amazing. Tom, thank you so much. Um, I don't know if you want to share any, you know, your Instagram company's Instagram website, whatever. We are, um, with um, the folks. If people want to learn more about us, we're secure at gunstorage.com. You Google secure it, secure in the word it. We're all over social media and we, uh, we do things differently. We bring 20, 23 years of designing and building military armories, all that experience into a line of products for consumers that are all high security, fast access, high performance storage solutions. Um, not your traditional gun safe. We don't do anything like gun safes. What we do is quite different, but it's uh, gotcha. it's going well. Good, good to hear. Well, I'll, I'll make sure to put a, a link in the show notes so anyone Great. listening wants to, to follow up on you guys and, and reach out, uh, it'll be an easy easy find for them. So, Tom, thank you again. I appreciate it. I know we snuck this in. I think you're going, you know, abroad for a month or something like that. So, thank traveling you traveling all over Asia. I got to go. Yeah, I'm going to be in. Uh, I've got a big project with the Marine Corps in Okinawa, so I'm going to be out in Japan. And I'll be in Vietnam and uh, very cool. Yeah, a lot, a lot of stops. Oh, that's fun. That's cool. All right. Well, thank you again, Tom. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks a lot. Yep. All right, guys. That's it. Another couple stories in the books. Uh, Tom, thank you, of course, for coming on this podcast. Couldn't have done it without you. Um, and again, amazing stories, especially that whitetail story where he puts two down with the first shot he's ever fired. So um, crazy stuff. But Tom, thank you again. I really do appreciate it, especially with your busy schedule. Um, check out Secure It, guys. I put links to everything that you need to know in the show notes. Um, so just go ahead and click in there and uh, check out what they're doing. And uh, check out Tom's Instagram as well. Um, but uh, beyond that, guys, make sure you share the podcast. We're trying to grow this thing. We're trying to get more listeners calling in or reaching out um, to tell us some of their stories. Um, so share it with whoever you can. And we'll keep growing and we'll keep telling great stories. Um, So that's it, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. Now go out there and make some stories of your own.